0: So in terms of paid traffic, if I could instill some fundamentals so that people had a lens to more clearly navigate the world of online marketing, it's that you know, the same thing works all the time and it's the right message to the right person at the right time.
1: This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand October 26 to November 24 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course some fun adventure. Currently we are offering a special early bird discount of $400 for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. Don't wait on this one, guys. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to contact us ASAP at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now on to today's episode. Today, gang, we welcome PPC and retargeting expert Michael Erickson to the show. Michael is the founder of Search Scientist. Search Scientist is a company that manages AdWords for businesses providing the best service possible to boost your return on investment. The company has been so successful that they were rated the top 5% of Google AdWords performance and the company actually manages over $1 million per month in PPC spending. On this episode, we chat in-depth with Michael about his process of building search scientists into a seven-figure company. Later in the show, Michael shares his philosophy on what is working with PPC and paid advertising in the market today. We will then wrap up discussing retargeting and how your business could be missing out on a ton of money by ignoring this tactic. And without further ado, let's welcome Michael to the show. And welcome, Michael, to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Christopher. Great to be here. It is a beautiful, sunny day here in Austin, so I'm feeling good. I hear amazing things about Austin, and I haven't been there since, I don't think, 2003. But I think the city's hopping these days, especially with a lot of tech and entrepreneurs. How long have you been there?
0: I've been here for just over a year, and you're absolutely right. Uh, What's really unique about this place, which I would never even dream of, you know, like six, seven years ago when I was starting this journey, that everywhere you go and everyone you talk to, everyone kind of understands what it's like to, you know, be in an entrepreneur organization to understand, you know, the business and online side of so many things. So it's for being around so many like minded
1: people. It's a really fantastic spot. So Michael, I know you, you have a lot of stuff, a lot of really good stuff to share with the listeners today. We want to talk briefly just about you and kind of your background and what made you the entrepreneur that you are today. So let's give you the mic and we'll go from there.
0: Very cool. So, funny enough, I actually graduated college uh, with two degrees one in biological sciences, and two science education. Uh, and right after college, I was a high school biology teacher and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, a lot of times you hear stories about people that hated their jobs and then started entrepreneurship. I actually really enjoyed mine, but I became really bogged it down with a lot of the bureaucracy that went along with it. Uh, and I was seeing the way that the organization was ran. And I felt like, hey, wait a second, I can, I can run a really great organization. I could run one uh, a little bit smoother and more efficient. And when I was thinking about what kind of skills that I had that people would be willing and, and eager to utilize, it was paid traffic. It was online marketing. It was really... The challenge of online marketing. Um, you know, I think a lot of people ask me sometimes, hey, what is it about paid traffic, you know, doing AdWords or doing Facebook ads or doing Amazon ads that is so attractive to you? It just looks like a whole bunch of spreadsheets. And to me, I was a big gamer growing up. Uh, I played so many hours of things like StarCraft. And it was really cool seeing the parallels between kind of like competitive gaming and online marketing. You know, it's you versus the competition. It's you starting with the same resources as someone else. How are you going to use those resources better, smarter, more efficiently, more effectively than your competition? And to me, like, that's. You know that's my zone of like thinking about online marketing, thinking about strategy, what the technique that we're going to use to accomplish this goal. So, I started freelancing uh, online marketing, and then out popped a few years later a fifteen-person agency, uh, some software, and some courses.
1: I like that comparison with gaming and online marketing. Actually, I've never heard that before. So, when you started freelancing, Michael, how did you get your first clients?
0: At the time, I started on Elance. Uh And, you know, to to be able to pick something that people are already interested in, uh, I was really fortunate to sort of have the stars aligned to connect with something like online marketing, to connect with something like pay traffic, Mm -hmm. in the sense that it is relatively high demand. Um, And then it was just a matter of, you know, providing a very high level of service for people.
1: And how long did it take you until you started Search scientists?
0: So, yeah, that was a pretty interesting evolution. Um, So I really, really enjoyed the act of doing the work. And I really enjoyed the interactions with the clients. And, you know, it's really fun, right, to high five when things are going really, really well. And I kind of just asked myself, like, hey, how do we how do we do more of this? Uh, how do we provide even more value? You know, what, what additional resources can we provide to people that we're currently not providing? You know, What fancy piece of reporting software would be really fantastic to include that maybe we just can't afford right now as an individual freelancer? So it kind of started from just the idea of, hey, we're providing, or at the time I was providing, because it was just a solo mm-hmm. sh- solo shop back then, I was providing this amount of value what, what can we do to provide you know, two times more or five times more amount of value per customer that I work with? And So the logical step was, hey, let's start hiring people. Let's start building this out and, and really getting organized about the way that good paid traffic management services are provided to people.
1: Now, I was just checking out some of your stats and it looks really impressive. You guys were rated on the top 5% of Google AdWord performance. You manage over a million in paid per click spending and you audited over 150 accounts in a year. I guess that was a year's time, right? And mm-hmm. so, and you're running, did you, did you say a 15 person organization?
0: Yeah, and it's actually, not to uh, <coughs> put myself up, but it's actually a million dollars million dollars a month
1: managed. Uh, oh, wow. Traffic span on behalf of our clients, yeah. That's phenomenal, man. I want to learn, when do you feel, Michael, that your business really got its feet in the ground and really started to take off? What do you think were some key aspects that happened to make the transition?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it was really interesting with my past of being... A teacher. Um, and I and I carried some of these things over into online marketing services. Um, so what I think has been really unique from my experience, you know, thinking back to my time as a teacher, okay, I have to teach biology to a whole bunch of teenagers, like, what do they care? So being able to take things that are technical, that are difficult to understand, that maybe some people, you know, aren't the most eager to hear about, and making it important to them, being able to explain what it is that you do and remembering that it's not just doing the thing. You know, it's not, when you're a teacher, it's not just about giving people information. And when you're uh, a service provider, it's not just about doing the thing. You know, there's a service element to it. So I think one of the big transition points was, you know, always trying to maintain that. You know, how do we provide, like, an Apple Store-level experience with online marketing services? And I think a lot of online marketers fall in love with only the techniques and the, only the strategies. Uh, and they can sometimes you know, forget or sometimes not want to deal with the actual person on the other end. So meeting them where they are and explaining expectations and explaining what it is that you're doing. Uh, you know, a lot of people get shocked when I say, hey, we actually share a project management board with you in a calendar form. So you can actually click on this calendar and see everything that it is that we're doing at any time and then you know if you have any questions on what each task means feel free to reach out you know we answer our emails our email response time is something like two to four hours Um, so we try to get back to people promptly we try to you know be detailed in what we do we try to be transparent Um, so a lot of those skills that you know don't even touch on the online marketing skills were a big help for us with building strong relationships with our clients
1: now, I, I like how you mentioned that you wanted to to get the Apple Store feel of an online <laughs> marketing business, right? Yeah. So, And you mentioned some things that you really wanted to make happen for that. But I'm kind of curious, wh- what was that process like for you and your team? And how do you feel that it serves your clients today? Mm-hmm.
0: I try to get it to a point. Uh, I always try to tell people...
1: Uh, on the team, you
0: know, we can't, you know, there's no guarantees in life. If somebody comes to us with a brand new website, there's no guarantee that that website even converts at all. So we need to get to a point with our service, like the actual service, not even the techniques that we employ, but the actual service part of it. We need to get our service so strong that even if a campaign falls flat, like a person's website doesn't convert bad product market fit, whatever it may be, even if it falls flat we still have a fantastic relationship that we're still referable even if a campaign doesn't work out for some you know reason beyond our control and that is something that not every online marketer thinks about right you know and so finding the right people on the team and instilling that vision and you know realizing that hey all of a sudden I need to be way more than just an online marketer, I need to become a leader and guide the vision of of how we should interact with people. was 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 certainly a challenge, and it's something that we're still continuing to work on. Um, so, from the nitty-gritty of of having performance standards internally, like you know, email response time must be this amount of time, and every report must be in this kind of format, and must attach a video of you explaining it. You know, similar to the early days where I was working with every single client, um, instilling that in online marketers can be sometimes rather difficult. Mm-hmm. So, finding the right team. You know preaching the vision and then instilling that vision into actual tangible steps, like that is the loop that we've sort of been following
1: what are what are some things you look for when building that right team? Mm, yes, very good
0: um, so it 's interesting. Um, online marketers, especially paid traffic marketers, are often very introverted they love data, they love sort of being left alone and just digging into their data. And what happens at a lot of companies is that clients will interact with a customer service rep uh, or, you know, a customer success person, whoever it may be, who's higher on the sort of social and the explanation skills, but much lower on the technique side of things. Uh, what we did at search Scientist was say, hey, what if we were to remove that middle person? What if we were to remove the, the gap between client wanting answers, wanting information, uh, and to be able to talk about their campaigns with someone that's actually working on them. So a lot of the strategies and a lot of the training that we have internally is taking basically that paid traffic marketer and teaching them customer service, you know, really, uh, it's, it's teaching them, Hey, what makes a really effective, uh, expectation setting call? What makes a really effective report? What makes a really effective, um, Campaign update. You know those things. You know if you look at the Venn diagram of people who are very excellent with customer support, and then pay traffic marketers, we're trying to basically be that center of that Venn diagram.
1: What do you feel like is working best out there in the market today, versus AdWords, Facebook ads, being even any other type of PPC? Mm-hmm.
0: So one of my big, one uh, of my big things. Uh, and I think this comes from my own personality in, in the sense of I hate things that are overly sensational. Um, so every time I get asked that question, and it's something that I think is so natural to ask, and I think it makes sense, uh, and I will answer it, of course, but I think what's working today is the same thing that's worked since like the dawn of advertising. So a lot of people sometimes get caught up in like headlines and like, oh, have you heard about doing this one qu- simple thing and it quadrupled my pay traffic campaign? hmm you know, a lot of those things are very situational. A lot of people talking about those things don't even realize why it was successful. You know, maybe they had an unfair product market fit, you know, or something like that. Um, So in terms of paid traffic, if I could instill some fundamentals so that people had a lens to more clearly navigate the world of online marketing, it's that you know, the same thing works all the time. And it's the right message to the right person at the right time.
1: Are you enjoying today's episode? I hope so. We're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to bring you some applicable tactics for your business. October 26th through November 24th, we will have our most impactful event ever. Four weeks in the northern mountains of Thailand with other successful entrepreneurs that have six and seven figures in annual revenue in their businesses. The experience includes private accommodations, workshops, masterminds, advisors, high speed Wi Fi at a beautiful resort complex. And for our listeners, we have a special $400 early bird discount for only 10 people. Once they're filled, they're gone. So if you're ready to seriously take your business to the next level, contact us at TheEntrepreneurHouse.com. And now back to the show. (laughs) <laughs> and obviously, as
0: new technology as new technology comes out, and as techniques slightly change, sure, there's, you're going to find new ways to target people. You're, you know, you can target people today on Facebook in ways that you couldn't target them even just six months ago. You can engage, you can create an ad format uh, today that wasn't available two months ago. So there's the way that you can reach people, the way that you can engage with them, uh, and the offer delivery will evolve, of course. But in terms of Pay traffic, it's always going to be the right message to the right person at the right time. Um, and another big fundamental too is looking at paid traffic as a complement to something that a website already has. So a lot of times people may say, okay, what marketing channel am I going to use, whether it be SEO or Facebook ads or AdWords or whatever, and then think that's all they need to do. Uh, and any kind of traffic channel, pay traffic is really just fuel for a fire already burning. Um, so it's it's all about having a sales funnel that works and then using paid traffic as a way to fuel visitors into that sales funnel. So paid traffic in and of itself is not a complete solution. It's really driving traffic to a funnel that already works. So then you, you know essentially you start looking at paid traffic as a, okay, What kind of ad type is this? How do I do the right message to the right person at the right time for bottom of funnel visitors—people who are very close to engaging, people that have visited my website multiple times, people that have viewed my cart page but didn't convert? Boom! You know, you already all of a sudden have a bottom of funnel audience, Uh, and then you have a middle of funnel audience right above that. Uh, Middle of funnel audience is maybe someone who's visited your website just once but didn't view the product page. They visited your Facebook page and they liked you, but they haven't visited your website in the last seven days. You know, these kind of people who are semi interested but haven't really seen the sales page. You know what kind of marketing message can you serve them? What's the best landing page to send them to? And then at the top of funnel, completely cold traffic. They've never heard of you. What's the perfect introduction to your brand for them? Uh, and it's usually not send them directly to the product page. Um, so realizing that right message, right offer, right time, and realizing that not everyone is always ready to buy with pay traffic um, are two huge fundamentals, which I feel like get lost on a lot of people. Um, you know, If they hear something that is hot right now, they hear it on a podcast or something like that, they automatically jump to it, but then they miss out. Uh, you know, they, there may be a new ad type, but then they serve it to cold traffic and they send them to a product page. It's like, you know, why did it fail? Well, it's not the ad type. It was because of these fundamentals. So my huge thing is getting fundamentals right, you know, having a very simple three-step funnel, a top-of-funnel audience, a middle-of-funnel audience, and a bottom-of-funnel audience, and then making sure we're giving each person the right offer at the right time. Like, if you can understand that in every single ad type that you launch, you know, your campaigns will do so much better than if you treat everybody like
1: they're always bottom of funnel. That's very well put. Michael, I want to transition a bit and talk about retargeting. Now, I saw you Mm -hmm. give a presentation last summer on retargeting and it opened my eyes in a lot of Mm -hmm. respects. Um, So first off, um, I know there's a lot of people that don't completely understand retargeting. um, So if you could give a, a brief Description and and definition of what retargeting is, and then we'll dive into adding that to your sales funnel and maybe some more advanced techniques.
0: Exactly, perfect. So, retargeting, you know, stepping back even further, there's different ways to target people, right? There's search based, meaning somebody's going and actively searching, there's demographic based, you know, people like dogs and live in Austin. You know, So there's demographic-based targeting and there's behavioral-based targeting, uh, which is based off somebody's past behavior, which is what retargeting is. So the behavior is, of course, visiting your website. Uh, the behavior is visiting your Instagram account and following you. So it's based off some action that we know that they've made in the past. So why is retargeting so powerful? Well, retargeting is so powerful because let's say you get 100 people to your website and one person converts. Great, you have a one percent conversion rate. Mm. What about those other ninety? What about those other ninety-nine people? You know, the people that were interested enough to do the hard work to find you in the first place, but didn't end up converting. You know, I think we live in a world now where people be, are becoming more. Uh, Skeptical, they're trying to see, you know, social proof. They're trying to make sure is this person legit or not. Being able to use a channel to re-engage with those 99% of people is exactly where retargeting's power lies. And then that gets into, you know, you mentioned some advanced retargeting techniques. Um, so I think my my favorite retargeting techniques are, is it, you know relates back to that sales funnel. So Right message, right person, right time. Um, Let's take a typical e-commerce store, for example. You know, you have different levels of visitors that are going to engage with your website. You have people that make it all the way to adding to cart, but don't end up converting. What kind of message is perfect for them? You know, so you have a bottom of funnel retargeting message, you know, what kind of page are you sending them? Uh, And then you have people who maybe just visited your blog, but didn't view a product page. On a campaign like this, a middle of funnel campaign, maybe you're just trying to get them to view a product simply or just to add to cart simply. Um, You know, what kind of marketing message is going to make the most sense for these people you know if they viewed a blog you know that they were interested in the information so maybe you serve them an ad that basically bridges the thing that they were searching for the information that you have in your blog you serve them an ad uh you know that basically says hey you know you were interested in this information well guess what there's a a solution to whatever problem you're having and it's just to check out this product Uh, And that's as simple as that. Uh, And then, you know, at the very, very top of funnel, maybe you have someone who's, you know, very, very lightly engaged or hasn't even engaged at all. You know, what kind of marketing message are you going to serve them? You know, typically it's a non-commercial message way up at the top of funnel. You know, it's something, you know, it's an information piece of content. It's an interesting piece of content. So maybe you're sending them to the blog at the top of funnel. And then everyone who's viewed the blog but didn't view a product you send them to a product page, and then maybe people that viewed a product and added it to cart, uh, you serve them to another page. And as soon as you start segmenting your paid traffic in this way, really cool things start to happen. You know, the user experiences that I just described are so different. You know, a casual visitor who just viewed a blog post, uh, somebody who's never heard of you, and somebody who made it deep enough to the uh, to add to cart, the user experience and the user mindset is so different. And then using paid traffic as a way to serve that person the correct message is so much more powerful than saying, hey, great, I sell shoes, let me go serve ads to go buy shoes to literally everybody on the internet. Not everybody's always interested in buying shoes at this time and place, but maybe they're interested in reading uh, at the top of funnel uh Maybe they're interested in reading how an ultra marathoner, what kind of shoes he wore. And then maybe they're interested at the middle of funnel for a running shoe comparison. And then maybe at the very, very bottom of funnel, they're interested in how great your return policy is because buying shoes on the Internet is nervous. So serving unique messages to different people at each stage of the funnel is, you know, it's, it's, it's not as... It's not the sexiest thing that I probably <laughs> uh, it's not the, like the sexiest piece of online marketing headline that you'll hear, but it is so much more
1: effective than, you know, taking like a
0: new ad type and and not knowing what to do with it basically.
1: That makes sense. I think there's probably a lot of businesses that can value from that because I think it's 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 probably something that's ignored too much, I would guess. Would you agree? Big time. Big yeah.
0: time. I, I I, you know, it's kind of fun to say like top of funnel tofu marketing, and you can kind of ask yourself, you know, what do we have for tofu? You know, what are we going to serve our cold traffic people? Uh Uh, Middle of funnel, mofu. What are we going to serve our mid funnel, bottom of funnel, bofu? What are we going to serve our bottom of funnel people? And starting there, like it forces people to create a sales funnel because a lot of people sometimes don't even have one. You know, what, what does our sales funnel actually look like? Uh, So this kind of forces people into, a sales funnel into creating a sales funnel, which is again just like I said, where pay traffic thrives. Yeah, and
1: I think people learn a lot from that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Michael, anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners before we close things off? I think one of my favorite entrepreneurial
0: tips, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny. Uh, I mentioned teaching in the past, and every once in a while, I'll get a message from a student uh, who maybe I don't know. Is seeing more and more blogs pop up about hey, become an entrepreneur. Uh, so I'm seeing a lot of young people, and their only source of like business education is just blogs that they read online. Uh, and I probably my biggest piece of advice is to sure, you know, continue to read the blogs, but also don't be afraid to read traditional business books. You know, things like traction or good to great or built to last and things of that nature I think have made me a more complete entrepreneur Uh, and cool things really did start to happen as soon as I started shifting or augmenting my education from just reading blogs to reading actual published books Um, so that's probably one of my biggest uh, and it's it's just because I was having a conversation about this earlier uh, that's probably my biggest tip for anyone who's at the start of their entrepreneurship journey
1: I'd like to ask you one other thing, Michael. What do you feel like, from your personal experience, has been the difference in the mentalities of a five-figure mentality, six-figure mentality, and a seven-figure mentality?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would say probably the thing that everybody who's uh, early on, it's all about them, right? They'll say things like, Mm. I want to grow. I want to become location-independent. I want to... Be able to have enough money to do this and it's all about them and they don't really cross over i think a six figure a year threshold until it starts becoming about them they're they're not turning the internet into an atm machine instead they're trying to turn it into a value giveaway machine uh you know they're trying to provide value for the right people so their their messaging starts to shift uh instead of what can people do for me? What can I get out of my business? It's what kind of value can be provided to these kinds of people? Uh, and I think that it, that sort of mentality is a big reason, uh, if anyone hasn't reached six figures, probably why they haven't. Uh, they're thinking too much about themselves and not enough about their customers.
1: Good point. How about the seven figures? Uh, so
0: seven figures, I found, it becomes a lot about leadership uh, internally. So if you make it you know past six figures, middle six figures, high six figures, you know you 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 have something that people want right, and in order to break through your level of business prowess really needs to elevate uh, the way that you get value out of your team needs to change uh, because probably a lot of the systems that you had are probably maybe a little janky uh, under seven figures, but as soon as you cross over seven figures, I really do believe that. You need to become the best leader you can possibly be um, with the people that you work with. Uh, you know, assembling a team of A players is incredibly challenging. So I think a strong entrepreneur can get to seven figures uh, and it, with a B team. But I think in order to break past seven figures, you need a strong entrepreneur and a lot of A players.
1: Mm, good point. Okay, Michael, we are going to sign off there for the podcast. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing all the information and your story and all the details about retargeting and advertising with us. We really do appreciate it. So thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. It was great to be here. And one other thing, for the listeners that want to reach out, where's the best place they can find you at? Uh, Let's do Twitter. So it's search Sci Mike, that's S-C-I, Mike. Search Sci Mike. And then we'll put the links in the show notes, guys. Again, thank you, Michael, for joining us. Listeners, thank you for joining us. We're glad that you are tuning in and we hope to see you again on another episode. We'll sign off there and goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at TheEntrepreneurHouse.com as soon as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.